of the Nile podcast. I'm Jasmine Mobley. The Beauty of the Nile podcast is your space for skincare tips, makeup tricks, inspiration, and motivation, especially for and from women of color. We are here to celebrate and highlight our skin's beauty. Love your brown skin. Each episode features a different guest who will be dropping dimes that help you care for and highlight your skin. I'm excited to be here with you. Let's get started. Today, I'm here with Dr. Liza Moore. Dr. Moore is a board-certified cosmetic dermatologist and anti-aging expert. She specializes in cosmetic and laser dermatology, and she's the clinical director of Lux Dermatology and Aesthetic Center in Virginia. Dr. Moore is recognized as a leader and expert in the field in offering the most advanced technology and minimally invasive surgical techniques for the treatment of dermatological conditions, facial reconstruction, and body rejuvenation. She earned her undergraduate and medical degrees from Duke University. She completed her dermatology residency at Roger Williams Medical Center, where she served as chief resident. She's an active member of the American Academy of Dermatology, Women's Dermatological Society, and the American Society of Dermatological Surgery. In addition to her board certification in dermatology, she's also board certified in internal medicine and has numerous publications in reputable dermatological journals. Her expertise is highly sought after and she also consults with numerous pharmacological companies. Dr. Moore, welcome to the Beauty of the Nile podcast. Dr. Moore, I'd love if you could share with us what sort of work is within the scope of cosmetic dermatology. Sure, sure. So cosmetic dermatology, uh, the way, an easy way to think of it is, it's, it's sort of everything that goes on before you put your makeup on um, mm-hmm. when you look in the mirror. So anything going on with uh, your skin, um, even maybe augmentation of, um, you know, wrinkles or lines. So, of course, that brings you into sort of like, you know, neuromodulators like Botox or Dysport, you know, fillers um, such as Juvederm or Restylane. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also sort of like skin texture and tone. Um, so pore size, um, especially for, you know, in skin of color patients, Mm -hmm. you know, discoloration. So, you know, having your skin even so that of course, when you do or don't decide to wear makeup that you have like a great foundation, um, Mm -hmm. you know, there so that when you decide to dress up or down that everything is what you want it to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. That's super Mm -hmm. interesting. I've heard of some of those things before, but not all. So that's very cool. Um, Sure. So I'm cur- you touched on it a little bit, but I'm curious, what are some of the most common forms of cosmetic dermatology that you administer to patients of color? Yeah, I mean, I think in the in the years that I've uh, treated sort of people of all skin tones, I think mm-hmm. that the number one thing, especially specifically in skin of color, is mm-hmm. I see a lot of lack of wearing sunscreen. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, especially kind of generationally, I think a lot of people's parents, you know, didn't teach them, hey you know, even though your skin does have some natural melanin that you too, you know, need to wear sunscreen. And mm-hmm. I think that um, in skin of color, of course, we, we age differently. But mm-hmm. I think that um, the way that we age is actually also related to the sun in the sense that what you'll notice is that certain parts of your face that are more exposed to sunlight become darker. Um, right. And then I see a lot of patients, um, 
you know, in their, you know, mid thirties, early forties who are starting Mm -hmm. to notice that. And a Mm -hmm. lot of that is just years of not wearing sunscreen. Um, So discoloration, I think is number one complaint um, that I see. Um, And then, you know, the number one way to fix that, of course, is, is, is a daily sunscreen. Um, And then, of course, on our end, depending on where the discoloration is, there's different things that we can do to fix that, you know, as far as chemical peels, um, Mm -hmm. microdermabrasion, and then other sort of um, cosmetic stuff like bleaching creams um, and Mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, wow, interesting. So there's a lot of options, it sounds like, if you find yourself in that situation, but you don't want to, so you should wear your, your sunscreen <laughs> if you can. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Oh. That that will um, break a lot of heartache if you <laughs> if you just wear sunscreen every day. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. And I'd love to know what drew you to practice cosmetic dermatology. I'm sure you were considering a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. What what brought you there? Um, so, you know, in my practice, I'm, I'm about 50-50. Um, so I've practiced about half medical and then half cosmetic derm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think for me, cosmetic dermatology in particular is, is fun. You know, it's very mm-hmm. fun to, you know, have someone come in and explain to you, you know, what's going on with their face, what they like, what they don't like. Um, and then seeing that, seeing that transformation. I think my mm-hmm. favorite patients are the ones that I see over years um, mm-hmm. so that I can see how their face changes, um, you know, as they sort of, you know, as we piece away at things that they were concerned about. Mm-hmm. Right. That's awesome. That's incredible. And I'm curious, you know, what are some of the most common misconceptions that you hear about cosmetic dermatology? Um, I think the the most common misconception is is basically that it's it's very expensive. <laughs> mm. I think that um you know when you when you look on the internet and and you read about things, I think there's a lot of misconception that um you know things may be, you know, very pricey. So I think a lot mm. of times um you know when when patients actually do, you know, very you know a lot of times when patients actually do come in, they've actually been thinking about doing something for a long time. So I'll see a lot of patients that come in for discoloration or, you know, the big thing now is like a little bit of lip filler and mm-hmm. they'll be like, oh, I've I've been wanting to do this for three years and I'm finally here. And then when they find out how it works and how much it is, they're like, oh, well, I wish I would have come like five years ago. Mm, <laughs> so okay. I think that, um, and especially at my, at my practice, I have the cosmetic consultation in particular price very low um, mm-hmm. so that patients can feel free just to come talk to me, you know, and let's discuss a plan. Um, and then, you know, they can think about things mm-hmm. and, and that way, you know, and at least getting their foot in the door um, is comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So it sounds like you've made it pretty accessible to people and, and you want people to know that it's not this crazy, you know, crazy high bill all the time, you know, that people think mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, exactly. great, mm-hmm. great, good to know. And I'd love to know what your practice of dermatology, cosmetic dermatology specifically, has taught you about your own skin and skin care. Um, you know, so my my skincare journey um, was, has been interesting, and that, that's basically what took me to dermatology. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, going back in time, I suffered from severe acne um, from young. I, mm-hmm. Around 13, I actually had to do Accutane. Um, and then I had to do it again when I was 17 because I started to break out Mm -hmm. again. Um, 
so, you know, my, as I've aged, um, especially when I started to get into my early thirties, um, I started to notice that damage that that acne had done when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I had some discoloration, I had some issues with like pore size. Um, and then of course a few scars, you know, I mean, fortunately I was treated early, but I still had scars, um, kind of on my temples where there's not a lot of stuff to fill the scars, you know, um, and so, I mean, really what it, what it taught me is, is, is what happens to the skin when that acne is not treated. And I think that when you're young, you know, your, your skin just heals better and it looks better. Um, Mm -hmm. and as you age, um, even if that acne is treated, it can really start to age your face more. Um, right. So for me, I really had to invest in a lot of like microneedling um, and chemical peels to, to kind of stay on top mm-hmm. of my pore size and some scars that were caused by my acne. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And is that stuff that you still do now to maintain some of those skincare problems that you had in the past? I do, I do. So as far as like, you know, um, and and when we have patients come in, in my practice, um, we offer a, what we call like sort of a comprehensive plan. So there are mm-hmm. things that we want you to do every day. There are things that we want you to do, you know, quarterly, and there are things mm-hmm. we want you to do monthly. Um, and so for me, I, I do chemical peels probably every other month. So every mm-hmm. eight weeks I do a, like a medium depth chemical peel. Um, and then uh, I do like my Botox. <laughs> I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big fan. I tend to squint a lot because, of mm-hmm. course, you know, nowadays we're required to use electronic medical records. So I'm looking at computers. Right. I'm looking at iPads. And so I tend to get a lot of forehead lines if I don't, you know, do my Botox. Uh, and then also microneedling. I try to do it every three months. Sometimes I forget. Um, mm-hmm. But the microneedling uh, is good to sort of help me with those scars. Let's just take a quick break here. Since you're listening, I want to make sure you have access to all of the great Beauty of the Nile content. Make sure you're subscribed to the Beauty of the Nile newsletter. Of course it's free. Just head on over to beautyofthenile.com. You'll find a form where you can subscribe. It's very quick and easy. You can do it now. We'll be right here when you get back. Enjoy. Okay, okay, gotcha. And so the chemical peels, can you just explain a little bit what they what they do or what the effect is on your skin or what problem they're solving, I guess? Yeah, so so basically the way to think about chemical peels is if you if you go back in time before there was Botox, before there mm-hmm. was fillers, and before really there was lasers, you know, resurfacing lasers, chemical peels was really the main tool that dermatologists use cosmetically to sort of repair the skin. Mm-hmm. Um and so when you're doing a chemical peel you're, you're, A, you're removing that top layer of skin so that it can mm-hmm. be replaced by new skin, which is usually tighter, you know, has less discoloration mm-hmm. and has a better pore size. And then, two, if chemical peels are actually done regularly, mm-hmm. they can actually replace the need to do other things that, uh, you know, like fillers or Botox because you're oh. actually – damaging the skin and then and then repairing it every time you do a peel mm-hmm. interesting okay awesome very cool mm-hmm. um can i ask i'd love to know a little bit more about you specifically mm-hmm. so what sure. would you mm-hmm. say what would you say have been your biggest accomplishments and why 
Um, so, so me personally, um, as far as like my, my biggest accomplishments, I would say mm-hmm. is, you know, actually getting into dermatology. So mm-hmm. to kind of give you some background, dermatology is, is one of the most competitive specialties in medicine mm-hmm. to get into. Um, so when I, and I, I was one of those students who went to med school already knowing that I wanted to do derm. Okay. Um, and so I felt like when I came and, and I started in medical school that a lot of people were very discouraging. Like they were like, oh, it's so competitive choose something else or, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, have a plan B because that's so hard, you know. Um, And so for me, just, um, you know, getting myself in the door um, and and being able to get into a specialty where there's not a lot of skin of color. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you go to these derm conferences, you know, you can count on several (laughs) hands, you know, Mm -hmm. how many skin of color, you know, dermatologists that you'll see. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's amazing. And I have definitely noticed that as I've spoken to people and, and just having a few friends who went to medical school, I know it's very competitive. So congratulations. That's a, a really good one. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to know, what does being a woman of color and having skin of color mean to you? Um, you know, I think for me, it just, um, you know, I kind of see color you know, kind of differently because of the mm-hmm. way that I was raised. So to mm-hmm. give you some more background, I'm actually yeah. biracial. Okay. So my, my mom is Panamanian okay. um, and my father is African-American. And she's like, you know, so she met him when um, he was stationed in Panama. So she's like very wow. Panamanian. So she didn't come to the States till she was 32. Okay. Um, although she was raised basically near like a, a military base in Panama. So mm-hmm. she grew up bilingual and, and you wouldn't know unless you really talk to her that she's actually like Panamanian. Oh. Um, so I think for me, because I grew up biracial, I see color as sort of like a spectrum in the sense that mm. it's, you know, sort of everybody, especially, you know, growing up military, military mm-hmm. sort of, um, it tends to be less sort of more so colorblind, I'll put it like that. Right. So um, for me, I sort of didn't really experience, you know, color and what that Mm. meant until I was older. Mm -hmm. So not until really I was in high school and we sort of moved off the military base Mm -hmm. um, that I realized that, oh, okay, well, people do see me different (laughs) (laughs) because I'm skin of color, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. So for me, what that means is that I'm here to teach people because I am biracial that everybody's the same. So whether you're black, yellow, blue, um, I really try to focus on, you know, everybody is equal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's really mm-hmm. beautiful. And also, my, my dad was military, so we can bond mm-hmm. over that. That's really cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, it definitely gives you a different perspective, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And what are some words of wisdom that you live by? Um, so I, I'm a big believer in sort of like, um, the montage of the secret, which is like, if you really want to do something, if it is just your passion, and if that is something that you live and breathe, and that mm-hmm. is your dream, is that if that's your goal, whatever that goal may be, if it's your goal to have a certain job, um, to have a certain lifestyle, or, you know, to have a certain weight or to have your hair look this way or this and that, um, is to never give up on that. Focus on it and make sure that you do one thing every day to achieve that goal. That's great. That's great advice. I love that. So now, 
what is one big thing, and it can be personal, it can be professional, that you've learned that you wish you'd known before you started on your journey? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I think that the number one thing is, is actually takes us back to my word of wisdom, yeah. which is that if you really have a goal, don't ever let anyone take it away from you. Because you'll find as you go through life that there's a lot of people who gave up on their dreams or people mm. who, you know, maybe decided or tried something and it didn't work out and never really got back on the boat, you know, right. um, and maybe tried it from a different way. Um, and you'll find that the people who in at the sort of, at you know, the end of the rainbow who sort of get what they mm -hmm. want are the people who basically just never gave up. And if you look at a lot of people's story, their struggle there, no yeah. one, um, you know, just gets up and says, um, you know, like a good example is my husband is, is an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So he's owned his own business for, for 20 years. And mm. if you just sit down and hear his journey, you know, from when he was 21 and he decided to start his business and now he's, he's 40, 41. So 20 mm -hmm. years, um, you know, it, it looks nice now, you know, he's, you know, he's very successful, but there was a lot of struggle and, and same right. with me, you know, going mm -hmm. through med school, you know, trying to match in dermatology, um, you know, navigating, you know, a specialty where I felt like I didn't get a lot of support and mentorship um, mm -hmm. sometimes because there's not a lot of skin of color in dermatology. Right. Um, you know, it, there was struggle there too. Um, and I think people tend to focus on where you're at at the end mm -hmm. and they, they tend to think, oh, you're so lucky. Oh, right. you matched in Durham. You're so lucky. Or, oh, your business is successful. You're so lucky. But in reality, it, it's, there was no luck. <laughs> right. And if, right. if anything, at times there was bad luck. Mm -hmm. Um, and so a lot of times is if you can sort of rise, what kind of defines you is if you rise from those ashes. So it's sort yeah. of, okay, this obstacle came up. Wow. This is bad. Like, wow, I have to fix this. I have to overcome this to get where I need to go. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really powerful. Right. Thank you for, for sharing that. Okay. Oh, so, sure. Yeah. Let me ask you this. And this is my, my last question for you. What does being a part of the beauty of the Nile community mean to you? Um, I think the main thing I think is just like is is education, mm -hmm. and um, I love the um, you know just educating people about how to take care of their skin and also you know things that 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 problems are fixable. I think a lot of times, mm -hmm. especially um, you know skin of color patients tend to feel like, oh, my gosh, like, what can I do about this? And then a lot of times we look on the Internet, you know, or we mm. talk to our friends and, you know, they're like, oh, you can't fix that. That's permanent, <laughs> you know, or, <laughs> or or no one can do anything. Oh, if you try to fix that, that's going to cost you an arm and a leg. Uh, don't even go to the doctor, you know. Right, I think, right. You know, sort of just like educating people on like sort of like these problems can be fixed, you know, right. um, don't feel like there's nothing out there for you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that especially like finding beauty um, in a different look. So I think mm -hmm. that <laughs> ingrained in sort of society is a lot of European beauty, mm -hmm. you know, lighter skin, longer hair, straighter hair, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. I find that, um, you know, I love this new movement in society where sort of that more ethnic look is being embraced. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And that comes in all colors, you know, sort of like, you know, um, <clears throat> people who are lighter skinned who look more ethnic, like a Kim Kardashian, who mm. sort of looks 
you know, sort of ethnically, you know, you can't really put your finger on what she is when you look at her. And then mm. sort of like beauty in, in other darker skin tones with curly hair, you know, sort of the diva curl kind of curly hair movement, mm-hmm. you know, people getting to know their curl. And I love, you know, for dermatologists for ages have known that there's different types of curls. There's different porosities of hair, you know, and and, and we've studied that. But I think now seeing young girls knowing like, hey, I'm a porous 4C, like I love (laughs) hearing that because then it's sort of like, wow, not only do you know more about yourself, you know more how to take care of your hair and embracing like what your, how your hair just looks when you wash it and just let it dry, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's wonderful. And Mm -hmm. and I, I love that you said that because this educate, I know we talked a little before, but this education piece and having the opportunity to have you and people like you come and share, you know, with the community is really amazing and sort of why I created this. So thank you so much for, for taking the time to meet with me and talk with me like this. And I've learned a lot and I know I'll definitely take it forward. So just thank you so much for, for sharing with us. Oh, sure, sure. No problem. I was flattered to be asked. I hope you all have had as much fun with this conversation as I have. I loved what Dr. Moore said about the ways cosmetic dermatologists can help you treat hyperpigmentation and discoloration concerns. And I really enjoyed her discussion of the role that cosmetic dermatology can play in skincare more broadly. I learned a ton. I'm excited to continue to elevate our voices and highlight the knowledge of women of color skincare experts. I know I learned amazing things today that I didn't know before, and I'm going to definitely put into practice going forward. This is Jasmine Mobley, and you've been listening to the Beauty of the Nile podcast. Beauty of the Nile is your space for skin tips, makeup tricks, inspiration, and motivation. We are here to celebrate and highlight our skin's beauty. Say it with me. Love your brown skin. Be sure you catch the next episode's amazing guests who will be dropping gems. For fabulous beauty inspiration, especially for brown skin, get our free newsletter subscription at beautyofthenile.com. We cannot wait to connect and share with you. Until next time, enjoy life. Mm-hmm.